Welcome to another episode of the YXE Sports Podcast for the week of Monday, March the 15th. It is episode number 60. It's Matt Morrison with you. Pleased to have everybody tuning along on the Winter Clark's Classic Grill and Bars Facebook page. No YXE. We're on YouTube. We're on the YXE Sports Podcast Facebook page. We're on Spotify, Apple, Ray Morrison. We're absolutely everywhere. Much to people's chagrin. That's right. Yeah, not that people like it, yeah, but we exactly. are everywhere. Stitcher. Yeah. Are we still there? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how are things with That's you? Good. Uh, fantastic. How about you? Good. Yeah, really good. Was able yep. to get up to Cowan Lake this past weekend and enjoy the gorgeous weather oh, good. that uh, the province had to offer. You know how many fish I caught? How many? One. Oh, is that right? In about seven hours. Oh, one measly go. little fish. Is that right? Terrible. That is one digit higher than the Buffalo Sabres made <laughs> in wins in the last week. Yes, it is. We will talk about the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres as uh, they continue to hit rock bottom. Yep. We'll talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens, the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes. Uh, the New York Islanders have won nine in a row. Yep. So uh, all sorts of things happening in that regard. So we'll get to the NHL. Uh, we're going to talk about the WHL's East Division bubble as well. But first, we're going to start off with uh, the big news from last week, and it has to do with football, specifically the Canadian Football League. Now, Ray Morrison, you're kind of on the fence about this, but there is a potential CFL-XFL collaboration. Of course, the XFL is owned by The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and his ex-wife, which still is kind of funny to me, Danny Garcia. Uh, But anyways... They're uh, talking about possibly having a merger with the Canadian Football League. Of course, The Rock is no stranger to the CFL. He was in training camp with the Calgary Stampeders back in 1995. Now, preliminary talks have started. There's been no sort of agreements or anything like that. But uh, as social media does, especially in the Canadian Football League, a lot of people had strong opinions one way or another. Yep. Well, see, the CFL and the XFL, they really didn't say much. But that's all they needed to say was that they were talking for people out here to say a lot. And it was it was definitely an interesting week when you take a look at uh, just the notes. So just to, to get the details of this straight, all that has been said from the CFL is to their goal is to identify opportunities for the leagues to collaborate, innovate and grow the game. That was the official statement. So that's all they're doing. That was the CFL's release. Jeffrey Pollock, the XFL president, said, quote, blending the CFL's rich heritage with our fresh thinking and the unique reach and experience of our ownership could be transformational for the game. In those two sentences, I've literally said nothing. <laughs> I really haven't said a word other than there's a phone call or a conversation or uh, a visual meeting that may have taken place between members of the two leagues. That's it. Now, there were a couple of interesting points made on 3downnation.com with our buddy Justin Dung. June Jones is involved in the XFL. He said the XFL would be preferable because the XFL's average salary in 2020 was $55,000, which is more than the CFL's minimum salary. The CFL's minimum salary is $65,000, but um, take into account the exchange rate, and the American, right, yeah, so you're making more money with the 55 grand in the U.S. And right now, U.S. players who signed in the CFL, they need to make a two-year commitment to the Canadian Football League and play 18 regular season games. And the XFL, players can leave for the NFL after one year. Right. So 
you know, you point out those two things. June Jones, of course, has some experience in the Canadian Football League with his time in Hamilton. Those are things that need to be talked about and considered because no matter where this merger goes, there's going to be a discussion about players and talent and is there enough for the two leagues. And that's where this is going to get really interesting is that battle for talent. Are the leagues going to work together or are they going to scramble for the players that are available? And if so, the XFL might have an advantage based on those things that we just talked about. Keep in mind that you can win a Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar gift certificate just by leaving a comment on the live stream tonight. Let us know your thoughts, whether it's on the CFL-XFL potential merger, whether it's on uh, the WHL's East Division bubble that we're going to get to, or the NHL, or the Tim Hortons Briar, or anything like that. But you can win a $25 Wendell Clark's gift certificate yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there are pros and cons. Um, I don't. What would the pros be? The pros would be uh, you're building more of a younger audience, right? With the potential CFL XFL merger, right? I mean, the CFL wants to get a younger audience, maybe you know more guys like my age, a little bit younger, to enjoy the CFL. Let's and you it, can't enjoy it now unless they're tied to the XFL. I can, but not a lot of people my age or younger than me can. Me and my friends love the Canadian Football League. There's nothing better than going to a Saskatchewan Rough Rider game, sitting in pill country for four quarters on a Saturday <laughs> night and watching the Rough Riders stomp whoever they're go. playing. Right. Right. So yeah. um, there could be that just branding as a whole. Right. And, you know, maybe potentially, and I don't know how this would work, but maybe some financial stability too. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's and that would that would be something that the CFL would dearly like to take advantage of. Obviously, is uh, you know the XFL has some deep pockets, and I guess it's up to the CFL to kind of prove what's worth it for the XFL to get involved with them. If the XFL is going to come in with some money with uh, Dwayne Johnson and the like, then what exactly can the CFL bring to the table to counter, you know, that money that's coming in? What do they have that's valuable to the XFL? The one thing that you want to be careful of if you're the Canadian Football League is, are you going to give the XFL exposure north of the border because of your tie-ins, right? And if you do that, then that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a concern. Richard has a comment on the Facebook live stream, and he says the XFL is going to be spring football to not compete with the NFL and college football. That wouldn't work in Canada for obvious reasons. Of course, those obvious reasons being that the CFL and XFL play. Uh, at the same time, the con is, or a lot of people are are maybe saying that the CFL and XFL might band together to be one league, and that's where I don't necessarily uh, agree with yeah. that. No, if I that don't. Were to, no. If that were to happen, then I can see that no. that would be an issue. No. But I don't obviously remember this just because I wasn't really around back then. Uh, but you do. When the CFL tried at one point to extend to uh, expand yep. to America, yep. and there was what Las Vegas, Baltimore. Wasn't there a team in like Billings or something? The Sacramento Gold Miners. Ah, And for the longest time, the game against the Sacramento Gold Miners was the largest attended event at Taylor Field, the old Taylor Field in Virginia. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, exactly. Huh. There you go. Got a comment from Jason as well on the live stream. I think that the CFL-XFL collaboration could be interesting as long as they stay with three-down football. That's another thing, right? Don't change the rules. Yep. Right? And that could be a con uh, to having this potential merger or collaboration. As long as you don't change the rules, I'm okay with it. But I do think that it could bring some financial stability to uh, the Canadian Football League. And uh, by all accounts, that's something that uh, they they need from 
you know, just well, if the two leagues do end up year. playing against each other, yeah, maybe you have a des- like a designated hitter in one league, but not the other, right? So if you play in Canada, it's the wide field three downs, and yeah. if you go down there, it's the small field four downs. There you go. <laughs> I think somebody on not the, so uh, much. Somebody on the. I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, I, that's not a bad idea, but I digress. So it will be interesting. Of course, these are still very preliminary talks, and there hasn't been anything focused. In fact, I was reading an article from Dave Naylor uh, on TSN Today, and uh, there was an interview with Randy Ambrosi, and Ambrosi said, yeah, talks are kind of happening, but right now the CFL's main focus is to make sure that we get on the field in 2021. Yep. So it sounds like this collaboration might not be happening anytime soon, but it definitely is interesting, an interesting talking point for sure. Uh, speaking of uh, the football, there's also football south of the border, which I guess kind of, uh, you know, pertains to the XFL, but the NFL uh, free agency got, got underway. Bill Belichick is spending all sorts of money for the New England Patriots, but the big story is Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints quarterback since 2006. Drew Brees has officially retired. Everybody kind of figured that that was going to be the case, and he made it official on social media over the weekend after 20 years of course, he started with the San Diego Chargers and then moved to New Orleans, where he was there since 2006. And he's going to move right to the broadcast booth uh, to be uh, an analyst with NBC. But uh, what a career for uh, a lot of uh, for Drew Brees, who a lot of people thought was too small, couldn't yeah. play in the NFL, carved out a nice what it is sure to be a Hall of Fame career. I think the plan is for him to be in the studio Sunday nights for the Sunday okay. night. So he'll be yep. in the studio. And then I also think that he's going to be the infield analyst and go out and do the Notre Dame games. NBC has oh, the rights nice. to Notre Dame games. Sweet. So he'll go out and do those, and then he's going to be in the studio. So I think that's the plan for Drew Brees. But, yeah, what a career. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, and, you know, it was kind of cool that he was able to win a Super Bowl before his career was over, right? right. Because it was just one of the likable guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no matter what the city of New Orleans went through, you know, whether it was hurricanes or anything, you know, that came its way, Drew Brees was a guy that stepped up and led – and just told the people of Louisiana it was going to be okay no matter what. And I was always really happy just with the way that he carried himself, that he was able to kind of uh, cash in on a Super Bowl before his career. So to see him do that in 20 years of play was pretty good. Yeah. And now begs the question, what's New Orleans going to do at quarterback? Right? You got Jameis Winston. You got Taysen him. Yeah. Hill? Well, I think Winston's your guy. You think so? Over Taysom? Yeah. Yeah. But who's to say they won't make a deal for somebody else? Well, that's exactly it. Like I said, especially with free agency coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, so. I'm, I'm not, I mean, Winston would be the best guy you'd have right now, but yeah. with free agency, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to step up and grab somebody. I think I was off the grid for the majority of the weekend, but uh, you were glued to the coach Ray Morrison watching the Tim Hortons Briar, and uh, yep. what a crushing loss. Saskatchewan's team, Matt Dunstone, in the semifinal against Alberta, who eventually went on to win the uh, 2021 Tim Hortons Briar. But uh, big shout out from everybody here, and I think everybody in the province, because uh, the Matt Dunstone team uh, did this province proud. I texted uh, Kirk Myers just before that semifinal game and wished him luck, and he was quick to respond and uh, and and. You know, said thanks. And, but, you know, you, that shot that Brendan Botcher made in the 10th end of that semifinal, I mean, Matt Dunstone did absolutely everything he could. And I remember watching Matt Dunstone. I've interviewed him once or twice. I'll be honest. I don't know him particularly well. Um, but I remember, I think it was the Tankard and Estevan when he joined Kirk Meyer's team and they were going to the Briar. 
And I just remember, this would have been two, three years ago, how emotional he was standing there with the idea that he was going to the Briar. Well, he's in the news conference uh, this year, 2021, and he has really taken this loss hard to a point where Kirk Myers just has to put his arm around him and say, Matt, we're going to be back. He's a young guy. He's a likable skip. Uh, it was interesting to see Kirk Myers play second because we haven't, we've haven't we seen his brother Dallin play second, but we haven't seen Kirk do that much. So that was really good. And then uh, for that botcher team to go to the 18-19-20 finals and lose yeah. and finally <laughs> win one against Kevin Cooey. That was a, that was a pretty good scene too, because um, like I said, all of these guys are really likable players, and uh, that was uh, that was uh, that was a really good show, to be honest with you. Butcher shot ninety seven percent in the final. Wow! So, how about that? That's a pretty good day at the park. Yeah, that's say. not bad For at Brandon all. Of course, lots of people know Dean Moulding from around here because he did do some curling out of Saskatchewan uh, years ago. Brad Thiessen and Carrick Martin. So. Like I said, they'd lost the last three Briars, but get it done in the bubble in Calgary. Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is your number one stop for Saskatoon Blades hockey now that that has started this year. And, of course, we're going to chat about that as well. But you can come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar for every single Saskatoon Blades game. Doyle was mentioning uh, to us that over the weekend, the two times that the Blades played, uh, the turnout here was quite good. So make sure you come on down to uh, watch some fantastic WHL hockey. There's... Uh, food specials, their drink specials every time the Saskatoon Blades take on an opponent. So make sure you come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. Oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to, okay, well, let's see here. Nothing in there? What the heck, Doyle? We should just walk off the set. They must have known we were coming. Yeah, well, there you go. But uh, yeah, of course, you see the Saskatoon Blades fridge behind us. Fantastic work there and fantastic work by the Saskatoon Blades this week. And of course they got off uh, on a hot start. They beat Smith Kern four to two on Saturday. They beat Regina six to three yesterday. So a two and zero start for the Saskatoon Blades in the bubble. Of course the Blades aren't the only team in the bubble. Every WHL Western division team, Eastern division, sorry, team is in the bubble and uh, two games a night. Like hockey to go around. Mike Stevenson in a four-point yep. game came over from Tri City and that win over Regina, Regina. Pardon me. He had two goals and two assists, and so Blades fans are feeling pretty good about that. And uh, the Blades will play Winnipeg on Wednesday, so it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to the Winnipeg PA game, right? And I think they play each other on the 19th. Don't quote me on that, but that's always a good rivalry. Yep. Right. Even though it's going to be down in yep. Regina in the bubble, those Saskatoon Prince Albert games are always fantastic. And the other news, Gavin and Sean Semple are the sole owners of the Regina Pats now. They bought out uh, Anthony Marquardt and Todd Lombard. So it'll be interesting to see what the Semples do. They own 50% of the team, and now they are taking over 100% ownership. That is a Saskatchewan, Regina-based family. Uh, They say it's not about making money. It's about community and giving back. Of course, they're from the brand group of companies, uh, ag company that does very well. Um, and I also wonder if and when we're going to get or hear chatter about a new arena in Regina. Oh, one can't wonder, you know, like at the cooperator center, it's a great setup. So you got the four or five sheets of ice that are adjacent to the brand center. But I'm wondering how long it's going to be before Regina. There's discussions about replacing the old Agridome, the brand center, because that building has been there a long time. 
Speaking of the Regina Pats, of course, like you said, the Samples are now the sole owners of the Regina Pats. Well, Connor Bedard, who went first overall in this past year's WHL Bantam draft, yep. he is the first Western Hockey League player to have been have granted exceptional status. And if you're not familiar with how the Canadian Hockey League works, major junior hockey up here in Canada. So you have your Bantam draft. You get drafted typically when you're 15. Now you can't play until you're 16 years old. Uh, a lot of players don't typically start until they're 17, but you can't play until you're 16. So you get one more year of development at the midget AAA level. Now, if you're granted this exceptional status, you can skip that year of development and go right to the Western Hockey League. Connor Bedard is the first player in the Western Hockey League to have done that. I think John Tavares did it way back when he was in junior in the OHL, as did Connor McDavid in Erie, and another player from uh, the OHL might have been a couple of QMJHL players, but uh, he hasn't disappointed. Four points in the first two games, which is pretty good for a 15-year-old. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, not bad. Right? Not bad at all. So yeah, no, that's, that's going to be, uh, you know, yeah. obviously the face of the Regina Pats franchise to uh, – to to you know over the course of the next few years and of course i've known uh, Bla- uh pat's head coach david Struish since he's 16 years old right. and of course a family friend of ours uh tommy Cadu is also suiting up yeah. for the regina pass yep. so uh we'll uh patrolling I, the blue line down I, in the i know City. this is the yxe sports <laughs> podcast but we'll just keep tabs on regina for that very reason there you go yeah. there are saskatoon connections that's right right yep so Moving to the National Hockey League, the Toronto Maple Leafs have uh, struggled. What's uh, what's up with your team? So I give don't know. The assessment. Analyze this for me. That now that your Leafs have lost five of six, their lead <laughs> over Edmonton and Winnipeg is down to four points now. But the important part is they still have the lead. It won't well, be for. Why, why have they lost five of six though? What seems to be going on? Uh, injuries. Oh really? We're gonna yeah. play that one already. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. So yeah, they they do they have been nicked. There's no doubt. About but that. no, not to make excuses. I think it's just kind of every team goes through ebbs and flows in a season, and I think you're a little more under the microscope in a 56 game season as opposed to an 82 game season. You know, we had this discussion last week with the Edmonton Oilers when the Oilers lost three in a row to Toronto, right? Yeah. In an 82 game season, if you lose three games in a row, nobody probably bats an eye. Yeah, but you lose three, four games in a row in a 56 game season. Well, then all of a sudden. People start talking, and uh, they also aren't as bad as the Buffalo Sabres, who, since the last time we talked about the Sabres on this podcast, which was seven days ago, yeah. in that time frame, they yeah. still haven't won. They're 0-8-2 in their last 10 games. They have six wins this season. That's all they have. They're currently losing 3 nothing to the Washington Capitals midway through the second period as well, so... So they're going to stay at six wins. Do you season. fire Ralph Kruger? Like, is it his fault? Oh, it's time to make changes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. You And you brought this up, like, the, I think you brought this up two, three weeks ago. Yeah. What's ownership doing there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've got you've got the owners of the Buffalo Bills, and they seem to be investing money there. And now your coach is Ralph Kruger, who, no disrespect to Ralph Kruger, but, I mean, there's just no uh, excuse for what's happening when you have Jack, I- Jack Eichel on your lineup. There's, there's just no excuse to be this bad. Taylor there. Hall as well. And Taylor Hall. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and it, no one has an explanation for it. It's, it's just that bizarre. There's of course been lots of chatter now that most teams are 20 ish games into the season, 24, 25 games into the season. I think the trade deadline is coming up in about a month. Yep. Uh, and that's going to be interesting. And Aaron has a comment about the NHL trade deadline. And he says, with the trade deadline coming, should the government ease the restrictions on quarantine for the traded hockey players? No. No? Okay. Well, that was a quick answer. 
Well, sure fire well are we going to change the rules for both countries because of hockey players? Right. Like, I mean, like the Toronto Raptors are playing down south. The Toronto Blue Jays weren't able to play here. I mean, right. there's no need to be changing rules for the National Hockey League. And I get it. You've got teams, like you've got seven teams on this side of the border, as opposed to the Blue Jays and the Raptors, only one in the league. But um, I don't think you kind of change the rules that everybody else is abiding by. You know, these players, they, you know, they can come across, but they have to quarantine and do all the right things. And I'm not even sure the quarantines should be short, but they were talking about last week. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I don't know. I might go the other way uh, just for sake of argument. Uh, and the reason being is that the, you know, you look at it. So the American quarantine is far different than the Canadian quarantine, right? Yeah. I think those two should just get on the same level anyways. So then it's the same across the board, but that's just me. So. And that, of course, that is going to affect the trade deadline, and there oh, probably sure. isn't going to be much of one. No, I wouldn't year, think so. Not right? this year. This year's just, again, it's just so tough, right? So, um, the Battle of Alberta is tonight. Of course, our drop date is Monday, the March fifteenth. So, uh, Calgary is now only two points back of Montreal for the fourth and final playoff spot yeah. in that North Division. They're what two and zero under Daryl Sutter. And if Edmonton can get its act together, they'll catch Toronto. Yeah, you know. I mean, yep. really, or Winnipeg. I mean, and that's the thing with Edmonton and or Winnipeg. If I think Shifley they're tied get, right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And if yeah. Shafley gets hot or McDavid gets hot, no one would be surprised. Right? Yeah. And Toronto is just in an absolute free fall. And I know they've been nicked a little bit. Right. I'm not sure Toronto's goaltending is going to be. Well, and that's the other reason too, right? I mean, Freddie Anderson, and like I said, you know, I'm a Leafs fan. Um, so I'm a part of a lot of just Maple Leaf fan pages on social media and stuff like that. And, of course, uh, the worst thing you can do for your health is go and, you know, look through some of those comments because it's all doom and gloom. But uh, the one common denominator is Frederick Anderson just hasn't been, been getting it done as of late. Um, Jack Campbell is injured, right? So your backup yep. goalie is injured. Yep. Michael Hutchison, of course, he did have a shutout against the uh, Edmonton Oilers a few weeks ago, but I'm starting to think that that was probably a one-off. So, yep. But then again... Goaltending wise, who are you going to make a trade with, right? Especially yep, with the exactly. quarantine rules. Yep. I don't know yeah. if you can really afford to make a trade. Um, so that's interesting too. So we'll see if the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs can get their act together. The Vancouver Canucks and the Ottawa Senators are playing right now. Vancouver is beating Ottawa two to one. Uh, Vancouver actually had a big win over Edmonton on yeah. Saturday night. That's yeah, a Demko, it you, sounds like, had a good game between the pipes. For you Vancouver. wonder if they're getting off the mat a little bit. I right. mean, they got up to such a sluggish start. We all had high hopes with Braden Holtby in net, and that didn't exactly pan out off the start, but it's been okay now. And Ottawa, they they show up with a little push every now and then, too. The Ottawa Senators, a team that has uh, struggled a lot, they've been able to show a little bit of uh, moxie here at points and times. And so that's been interesting in the Canadian division to kind of see that uh, take place for Ottawa. But yeah, this battle with Edmonton and Winnipeg. I mean, if you get an opportunity to watch those teams, you know, they're chasing down Toronto. They're playing some pretty good hockey. And, you know, their stars, their their first-line players have really been stepping up, which is good. Uh, ben Sherratt is likely done for the season I for the, that. For the yep. Montreal Canadiens, too. So that's a big blow to the back end. Yeah, that's, that's – yeah, that you know, they started off the year so mean, Montreal. Right. They just haven't been able to kind of maintain that kind of grit in the back end, and that makes it that makes it a little bit tough. So, yeah, Montreal is going to have to pick up their game a little bit. They're kind of well, especially now that Calgary's picked up their game. Yeah, and oh, Calgary's yeah. right behind them. Yeah, well, right? Daryl Sutter. That's the thing about Calgary. Daryl Sutter. Uh, you know, he's, he's sometimes. I know Daryl Sutter is. I think he's sixty-two years old, and you know the game has changed a lot from two thousand four. 
But it is interesting to watch that Calgary team kind of just listen to a new voice. And, you know, they've been playing fairly well here since this coaching change. Yeah, it makes you wonder what uh, Jeff Ward wasn't or was doing. That, yep. uh, But it was easy to see that the Calgary Flames tuned him out. So that's going to be a team to keep our eye on down the stretch, I think, is Calgary and maybe even to a lesser extent Vancouver as well. And as you pointed out, the Islanders. Yeah, nine in a row. Nine in a row. And nobody, literally nobody cares. Right. Well, because <laughs> it's all about Canada, right? Carolina has reeled off eight straight games. And a buddy of mine, Paul Hemming, that used to be producing, or he used to produce CFL games. Well, he's the director of the Carolina Hurricanes games now, and uh, they are they're they're playing well. Wendell Clark's classic Greenland Bar says maybe Carey Price wants out of Montreal, and the only reason that uh, the man who is running that account is saying that is because he's an Edmonton Oilers fan. Uh, there so you go. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. So. The Blues Kings game tonight called off. Oh, did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, uh, the LA Kings could not get out of Denver yesterday. Okay, I saw that because Todd the McClellan. Weather, the weather in Denver was terrible, right. so the Kings couldn't get home to play the Blues. So the Blues are in L.A., but the Kings were Yeah, and then Todd McClellan, good Saskatchewan guy. Um, I did see that. Yeah. Todd McClellan and uh, the head trainer for the L.A. Kings. There's a video of them going on, around on Twitter of McClellan and the trainer actually pushing a car out of the stuck snow. Yeah. So it must have been in Denver. That was so in that Denver. Was okay. Yeah, they couldn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Whereas here it's plus ten degrees and everybody's weather ready yeah, to wear we're shorts all and happy get outside in these parts for sure. Everything's yeah. melting, so uh, we do have a winner selected for the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, and that winner is Jason Ryder. So Jason, make sure you get a hold of us, and uh, we'll get that gift card in your hands. And uh, can we uh, can we divulge next week's secret? Scheduled to appear, yes, next week, Dave King. The former Canadian Olympic hockey coach, the former coach of the U.S. Huskies, the coach that took the Huskies to their last University Cup championship, and a former head coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Calgary Flames of the NHL will uh, be joining us next week to talk about his new book, Loose Pucks and Ice Bags. And so we're looking forward to that. I guess Mike Babcock, Dave Tippett, uh, Barry Trotz yeah. have all endorsed this book. I guess it's fantastic. So uh, next week, uh, Dave King is uh, scheduled to appear on the YXC Sports podcast. And uh, we'll have a visit with the man who gave me a reference for right. my first ever job in radio in 1983. Yeah. So looking forward to that. He coached Willie Desjardins. Yep. And um, Dave Adolf. Dave Adolf. Yeah. It's wild to think about. Yeah, well, I was there. Yeah, I did play-by-play play yeah. on the campus radio yeah. station yep. those days. Yeah, but yeah, it's Absolutely. wild to think that yeah. uh, Dave King coached uh, Dave Adolph, who of course went on to do fantastic things with uh, with um, the University of Saskatchewan Husky program, and then Willie Desjardins, who all those years in Medicine Hat, yep. right? Absolutely. And then had a couple of stints in the National Hockey League, yep. and now he's back in Medicine Hat. So Dave King will be joining us next week on the YXE Sports Podcast. Till then, stay safe and enjoy the melt. <laughs>